morning, FBC. My name is Wes, and I'm so thankful you decided to join us for worship today. If you are a guest, we are so glad you are here. On the back of the pew in front of you, there is a blue card. If you could just write down some basic information on that card so we can thank you for coming, that would be great. On that card, there is a spot to put prayer requests. Anyone can write a request on there, and when the offering plate passes here in a bit, you'll just drop those cards in there, and they'll get to the staff. For now, I'm going to share some announcements about what's coming up in the life of the church so you can know how to be involved. October 25th through the 26th, the student ministry will be having a Disciple Now retreat. This is for all students who are 7th through 12th grade. The cost is $25 per student. Don't miss out on this great opportunity to get to know other students and learn more about Christ. You can sign up by calling the church office or by going to fbccookville.org slash youth. October 27th from 5 to 7 p.m., our church will be hosting the annual Harvest Carnival. This is a time where literally hundreds of people from our community come to our church. There will be bounce houses, free food, and lots of games. We need you to come help volunteer this outreach opportunity. If you can help us, sign up at fbccookville.org slash harvest or by putting your name on the sign-up sheets outside of the sanctuary. This month, our Pray, Give, Go emphasis is Hope Center of Adoption. This is a great ministry partner that our church has. There are several ways that you can pray, give, and go to this partner. I encourage you to check out for more info in the Chronicles on that. Those are the announcements I have for today. Make sure and look at the Chronicles for other opportunities. I'm so thankful to be worshiping with you today. I pray that this service would encourage you and challenge you to live more for Christ in your day-to-day life. Good morning. So good to see you this morning as we come together to worship. I've joined Wes in welcoming you, and uh, we're just glad that everyone's here. Again, I uh, just emphasize again the blue cards that are there in front of you. If you're a guest with us or you haven't been here in a long time, please fill it out and put it in the uh, offering plate when it comes by you later on in the service. And uh, also, if you have a prayer request, uh, we take that very seriously, and we uh, take those cards every Monday morning. We go over them one by one and pray uh, for all those requests. So if you have a prayer request, please just put that on there and give it back to us so that we'll have a record uh, of your prayer request, and uh, we can uh, do pray what uh, we need to pray for you. Again, we're glad you're here. We're going to stand right now and greet one another in the name of the Lord. Let's do that right now.
pray with me this morning? Father, we just thank you so much that we can come and be in your presence. And Lord, we do pray that you would open up the heavens and just fill this place with your glory, Lord, so we could see you and experience you, Lord. We just want to be before your throne this morning, Lord, uh, just back the greatness of who you are, Lord, and, uh, and, just, and just worshiping you because you are our God. So God, as we continue in worship, may our worship be pleasing to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
go to the Lord again. Father, we thank you so much that we do serve a holy God, a God where no sin is found. Lord, you are complete, you are, are pure, and you are, you are one that we get to worship. And God, I thank you that it's not something that we chose. It's not that we just went out and found the best God, but Lord, you found us, you pursued us, uh, you died for us, you made the way for us to have the relationship restored to you, and I thank you. Thank you so much for that. And Lord, I know that because of that, we can come to you in our times of trials, times of stress, or even in good times, Lord, and we can call upon your name. And Lord, we know that you're going to be there for us. So Lord, as the choir sings, uh, we just pray that, that this song ministers to us, Lord, in, in reminding us who you are uh, and that we can call upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated.
Uh, good morning, church. Has anybody ever noticed there's a lot of noise in the world today? Do you have noise in your life? Things just coming at you? A lot happening? Sometimes it's really hard to pay attention. Anybody have that? Okay, well, a few of us are going to enjoy today. If you will, turn with me in your copy of God's Word to Mark. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 uh, will be our text this morning. Our world can be so filled with noise. It, it can be so distracting. Things can pull at us and, and move us in, away from what God's called us to. It, it really can happen in any of our lives at any time. We can become so concentrated and focused on the things that are happening around us that we miss the bigger picture and a more intimate walk with God. When we look into the text of Scripture I'm going to talk with you about today, we see where God looked at His people. And, and, and in God in the flesh, Jesus loving His men, He called them apart. He, he called them to take a step back. He called them to, to breathe for just a minute. Because there was so much noise in the world, so much noise in their life. There were so many things going on that were distracting and, and keeping them from being exactly what God was calling them to be. So there's three things I want us to walk through this morning. I'm going to kind of lay them out there for you on the front side so that as we step through them, you can see them this morning. And I'll spend the most of the time on the first one. But, but Jesus calls us to solitude. And that solitude is a word that maybe maybe you don't understand that word. <laughs> we need a little solace in our life. We need some solitude. But uh, some, sometimes you get that confused with being lonely and, and being alone. And being alone in solitude and being lonely are totally different. Being lonely is a negative side of I'm alone. I, I want somebody to be with me. I, I'm alone in this world. I, I feel lonely, disconnected. That's That's an aspect that's negative. But solitude is stepping apart and, and being alone with God with purpose. Purpose to, to fill you, purpose to change and, and to redirect you. So this morning I want to talk about solitude from the perspective of bringing refreshment into your life. That, that God calls us apart to solitude to refresh us. God calls us apart for solitude to renew us in a relationship with Him. And God calls us apart for solitude to refocus us so that we can accomplish what He's called us to. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, I, I, I told the first service this morning, I said, I believe this message was probably more for me. If y'all would like to join in this morning, uh, and we can do this together. But I, I don't know if you live like uh, in a rat race and, and your life seems so busy that at times you just don't seem like you can stop. Maybe this is for me and you this morning. I want you to stand with me and let's read God's Word. Let's begin Mark chapter 6, and uh, we'll start in verse 30. God's Word says, The apostles gathered together with Jesus, and they reported to Him all that they had done and taught. And He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest for a while. For there were many people coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. They went away in the boat to a secluded place by themselves. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Thank you, God, that, 
that you've, you've caused us this morning to pause and, and come before you. And I thank you, God, for every person that's sitting here this morning, standing right now. God, before you, we positioned ourselves in a place this morning where we can hear your word. I know that you've appointed this time. God, I pray that you would anoint me with your word to minister to, to, to touch the hearts of the people you love and I love. God, I pray that you'd move in us and we would leave here, God, equipped to find a place of solitude, the moments of solitude the hours of solitude, the rest, the refreshment, the renewal and the refocus that you want for our lives. So God, move in us and speak to us now, we pray and ask this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Solitude with our Savior brings refreshment to our weary lives. Solitude with our Savior will bring refreshment to our weary lives. We, we live in a state of weariness, I believe, in this world today. And, and the disciples were right there. I just, just straight from that first verse that I read, the apostles had gathered together with Jesus. He'd called them together to give an account of what they had done and what they had seen and, and where they'd been. And, and you have to say, where did they come from, Pastor? Well, let's look back at, at chapter 6, same chapter, verse 7. And it says in there, And he summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. And he introduced them that they instructed them, I'm sorry, he instructed them that they should take nothing for their journey except a mere staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belt, but to wear sandals. And he added, do not put on two tunics. And he said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave town. Any place that does not receive you or listen to you, as you go out from there, shake the dust off the soles of your feet for a testimony against them. They went out and preached that men should repent. And they were casting out many demons. And they were anointing with oil many sick people and healing them. The disciples had been very busy. We know they went out in pairs. We know there were six of them. We don't know how long they'd been gone, but they'd been sent out by Jesus. He had, he had trained them. He had worked with them, walked with them. He had modeled ministry before them, and then he had sent them to go do ministry. And if you've ever done ministry in the, in the way that, that Jesus had sent them out, Jesus sent you out to do ministry, and, and you've done ministry, you know how taxing ministry can be. But these guys were, they were really, they were serving hard. I mean, they were, they were doing things for the glory of God and His kingdom. And King Jesus has said, you go, I'll equip you. I've called you. I'm going to equip you to do the work. And they were casting out demons. I mean, they were facing the demonic realm. They were head on, face first. They were dealing with the demons of this world. And not only that, but they were, they were healing sick people. They were anointing with oil. They were praying. And it wasn't a work they were doing. God was doing it through them. But they were participating in ministry. And not only that, they were preaching the good news of the gospel. They were, they were opposing a culture that said, we want to live like we want to live, do what we want to do. And, and they came into that culture and they spoke very clearly to that culture, countercultural to it, to say, this is what God has said. Thus saith the Lord. And this is how we're supposed to live. So they, they carried the burden of the ministry of the gospel and they preached that and proclaimed the truth unto all the people they met. And so they, they did this repetitively for a period of time and then they returned to Jesus because Jesus 
called them back to himself. Another point that I, I, would, I just can't pass by on that conversation, that Jesus sent them out. He told them to carry nothing with them other than the clothes on their back, not even extra clothes. Carry the staff in your hand, sandals on your feet, and, and don't carry any money, any food. Don't, don't carry stuff. Set aside the stuff and go do the work of ministry. Now, I, I just believe that in that there's several things God is saying to us in that. But I, I want to highlight one of them. And that is this, that, that in ministry, when they were sent out to do ministry, God told them, don't focus on the stuff, focus on the work. Set the stuff aside. Many of us run lives that are so filled with stuff and, and, and so busy because of stuff. I mean, we've got to maintain our stuff. We've got to keep our stuff. We've got to keep our stuff up. You know, so stuff can fill your life and make you miss the focus. Any amens there? Just wondering. Anybody got stuff that just kind of consumes them? I'm just wondering. Maybe I'm the only one. But things can consume you. And, and, so, and so Jesus was saying, man, leave the stuff and go do ministry. And so he set them forth to go do the ministry of the gospel. And, and they, were, they were tired. They, were, they weren't focused on the comforts. They were focused on the doing the ministry that God had called them to. And, and they'd come to a place and doing ministry after ministry after ministry after ministry and all those opportunities, which was amazing work, they were worn out, completely worn out from working for God. I want to ask you, have you ever been worn out at work? Like you just worked and worked and worked and you pulled a long week, your boss put a lot on you, or you were the boss who put a lot on other people and, and you had to join in with them, but you've just, you just pulled a long shift and you're just tired of work, you're just tired. You ever been there? I've been there. I mean, we've all been there. You've, you've worked until you're just tired. And, and, and God wants us to work. God doesn't say, hey, you go, go sit down and be still and, and, and don't work. God says work. We're supposed to work. If you don't work, you don't eat. So work is good, but I've been tired from work before. I want to ask you this. How many times in life do you remember? Can you pull up a moment, a memory right now where, where you just did so much ministry in life, you were serving Jesus so hard that you got worn out? Yeah. I wonder if we get more worn out at work for the world than we ever get worn out at work for Jesus. We'll come back to that. But I want us to see that here Jesus called his men back off the field. They were doing an amazing work, healing people, casting out demons, preaching the gospel. You know Christ was sitting back just like, yes. I mean, these, these six teams are rocking it. I've been doing it. I've shown them, and now they're going out, and they're just rocking it. I mean, they're knocking it out of the park. And, and, and he was seeing the multiplication of the ministry right there face to face. And you know Jesus was just fired up and excited about it. It's almost that when we see people working like that, we're like, don't call them off the field, man. Keep them on the field. Don't mess with them. But he brought them home. He brought them back to home base. And he said, you need to be refreshed. You need some refreshment in your life. You need some solitude. You need to separate yourself from the crowd. Because as long as you're in the crowd, you're not going to get any solitude. You're not going to find any time of rest. I mean, just imagine if, if you knew that there was a person in this town who could anoint you with oil and your cancer would be gone or your heart disease would be gone or any other major ailment, your, your nerve disorder could be gone, your depression could be gone. Just by, Would you let them sleep until they anointed you with oil and prayed for you? No. 
You'd beat their door down. Because none of us want to walk around another second with cancer. None of us want to walk around another second with nerve pain or with depression or any other ailment physically in our life. If we knew some, I mean, they, they couldn't rest. If, if somebody knew that they could do that. And they did. They were drawing crowds. I mean, the crowd was getting larger and larger. Hey, those guys over there prayed for me, and I'm better. Hey, the demons were possessed and possessing that guy. And they prayed in Jesus' name, and those demons left. And then others, oh, I know somebody that's got demons. Let's carry them. They couldn't rest among the crowd, so Jesus said, you've got to come out. You've got to step out of that for a few moments and, and just take a breath. Press the pause button. Chill out. Now, the, I, could, I could just hear the disciples saying, because I could hear us saying, but, but if I leave, and there's, I mean, everything will fall apart. I've got to be there. 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 You know, and they need me. And that's the way we live so much of our life that we, we've got to be there. We feel needed, and we want to feel needed. And I've come to the realization, it took me 47 years plus to get there, but I've come to the realization that I'm not as needed as sometimes I think I'm needed. Amen. <laughs> Y'all can say that about me. You can amen that one on me. Because you know what? This church has been going on for a long time without me. And it'll go on a long time without me if I were to leave. If something were to happen to me tomorrow, our church would not fall apart. God's going to raise up His church. There's going to be another man. That's, and there's, there's a lot of things in life that have happened without me. This whole world has been spinning on its axis without me. And it's okay if I pause for just a moment and go before the Lord, find some solitude, and get filled. But we live in this culture where we feel like we can't, we could never do that. We could, we're needed. I know you're a CEO of the company or you're, you're a, a project manager or you're a mom. I mean, come on. Uh, okay, pastor, you walk off from them kids for a few moments and just see it. It's just it's like a mess. I mean, it's, it's a, I'll have, I can't do that. I mean, things will fall apart at the house. No, that's, it'll be okay. It's okay to, Press the pause button. Find some solitude. Draw back. Come back from where you've been so busy and, and moving so fast. And, 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 you know, we have been called. I, I know we, we get caught up in, in, in life, but don't, don't, let's don't miss this. Let's don't separate ourselves from this issue and understanding this morning. You and I have been called and commissioned, just like the disciples were called and set apart, sent out two by two. They were commissioned to go and share the good news of the gospel and to do the works of God, you and I have been called to do that. I mean, Jesus said, go therefore. He didn't say that to just a select few. No, he said that to us, to all of us, that we are to go therefore. And we're to work within this world. So we're to carry forth the gospel. We're to be active in ministry. We're to be serving God. We talked about serving last week and, and, and talked about how that will grow us closer to the Lord. Solitude will grow us closer to the Lord. We're supposed to serve, but we're supposed to come back and take a, a breath for a moment. And, and, you know, there is a treatment in our life that I believe is so wrong. We treat serving God. I'm just going to get right there with you for a minute. But we treat serving God. We treat sharing the gospel. We treat witnessing to our friends and our family members as extracurricular. Or what I'll do if I don't have anything else to do. It's second fiddle. I mean, can I just be honest with us in this world today? Can you be honest with me and say, yeah, I've seen that, Pastor. Either in me or in others, I've seen that. Where, where we take ministry, the call, the commission that God has put on our life, and we take it and we put it as a backseat item. It's kind of like, 
you know what, if I could just ever get all of this done, I'll go and I'll serve Jesus. I, I asked a question in Sunday school this morning. Uh, I asked our, our, our teacher, I said, is, is delayed obedience disobedience? This is something God's put in my heart for quite a while, and, and I've wondered about that, because a lot of times we delay being obedient to God. Is delayed obedience disobedience to God? God's called us to do it, and we say, oh, I'll get that in a little while. But, but we are called into the ministry of the gospel, every single one of us, to share in the ministry. If you, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've surrendered your life to Him. He is your King. King Jesus calls us to serve Him. And it's not extracurricular or maybe I'll get to it or... No, it's our call. But in that call, we, we can get very caught up and... And um, we, we've been called by God to serve Him, and it can get very tiring when we serve Him. And uh, the disciples of the Lord, they, they needed to take time to be refreshed. Solitude is refreshing. Solitude helps replenish you and as a person. So even if you're busy in this world and, and your life is just spinning out of control and you say, I, I don't even know how to hit the pause button. I don't know where it is anymore. I don't know what solitude even looks like, Pastor. I can't, I can't even fathom that in my mind because I've been so busy. I'm telling you, Jesus says to you and to me this. Just, just hit pause. Just, just come apart for a minute from all the world around you. Paul. In fact, I want to share a, a, a passage of Scripture with you. Jesus calls us to this, we know, in this text, but I want to show you in another place. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 tells us in, in verse 28, it says there, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, Paul's right there. Come to me. Come to me, he says. Come. This is a, this is a command of God. Come to me. He says, we, we can run anywhere else in the world and, and we won't be filled. But when we come to him, we can be filled. He says, come to me, not, not some of you, not those of you who are spiritual giants and getting everything right. It can be you, Mr. Businessman, Miss Businesswoman, Miss Mom, Mr. Mom, whoever you are in the room, whatever your life is comprised of, and you've been so busy. He's saying, come to me, all of you. Even if you've been busy about ministry or if you've not been busy about ministry, he says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. So every one of us can come to Him. He's calling us to Him. What an awesome invitation. Jesus is calling you to Him. He says, what does He tell us? He makes a promise here. You come to me and I'll give you, I want you to say it with me. What does He say? Rest. You come to me and I'll give you rest. You've been, you've been strung out. You've been running hard. You've been out of energy. You're, you're just spent. I mean, you're at the bottom of the barrel. And you come to me. And I'll give you rest. And, and he goes on and says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, I just want to pause and look at that for a minute. Take, take my yoke upon you. I, let's just be honest in this room this morning. Many of us have taken on a yoke that wasn't ours. We've so filled our life with so many things that God never called us to. And we wonder why we're worn out. We can't get it all done. Now, I recognize there's some teachers that put a whole lot on the students. Oh, well, if you just knew that, that professor, man, come on, pastor. I mean, he's killing me or she's killing me. 
with, with a workload. I've been there. <laughs> I made it through too. You know, it's darkest just before the dawn. This too will pass. Just stay the course, okay? The light at the end of the tunnel is not a train, okay? It's not run over you. You're going to make it. Stay the course. Work hard. You'll get there. But I, I'm telling you, the boss can throw so much on you. You just don't even feel like you can breathe. But I'm telling you, there are times in life that we add stuff to our list. We put more stuff on our list. We, we navigate our way into situations and opportunities that we should have never been there. That wasn't God's will for our life. We fill our life with things God didn't call us to, but we called us to. So I just want to recognize now, when we come to Him, all who come to Him who are weary and heavy laden, He says He'll give us rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Don't, let's cast these other yokes off. And let's take upon ourselves the yoke of God. Because he says there, I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. So there's a good encouragement right there. And then the next verse, verse 29 says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Boy, I want that. Amen. You know what we want? I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to be a, 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 a passerby or observer of the world. I want to be in the game. I do. As much as anybody, I'm going to be in the game. But I'm telling you, there are things that I can take on myself. There's things that you can take on in your life that God never called you to. And you're, you're carrying a yoke that is burdening you down. We see that... The, the disciples had come apart. They, they'd, set up, they'd set apart time. They'd, they'd stepped away from the ministry because Jesus had called them. He said, gather together. They gathered together with him. They reported to him all they had done and taught. And I'm sure Jesus was excited. He knew what they'd done. They, they'd done amazing works. He was, it was fulfilling in the ministry. And then he says, and he said to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest for a while. Psalm 46.10 is an amazing verse, and it says so much to our hearts. It says in Psalm 46.10, Cease striving and know that I am God, and I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. Cease striving. New King James says, Be still. Anybody in this room have a hard time being still other than me? It's hard to be still. It's hard to cease striving. What God's saying is, okay, the work that you're doing is important. I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you to quit working. I'm not telling you to be lazy. God's never called us to be lazy. But He says every now and then in your life, in my life, when we're running 100 miles an hour and we can't keep up the pace and the world seems to be closing in upon us, we need to cease striving. Just back off, press the pause button, and get close to God. We need to draw near. Church, we need to draw in so He can replenish us, so He can fill us. He can fill our cup. He can, he can carry us through. He's, we can sustain life if we are being poured into instead of always pouring out. So how do, how do I find, Pastor, how do I find time in my busy life to press the pause button? Because I'm telling you, there's many of us in this room that say, well, if I hit the pause button, I'm just going to have to go do it again. I've got to pick up where I left off. I've still got a whole lot to do. And, and I'm with you. I mean, there's, there's times in my life I've said, vacation? Huh, I ain't taking a vacation. And all I have to do is it'll stack up for me. I'd come back and work twice as hard. I'd rather just work. Carry my work with me. Be engaged. I mean, you, you know, you're there. You've seen it. And 
He's calling us to come apart and, and just slow down. And how do you do that? Well, solitude can come in many ways. And some of, we, some of us in this room need more solitude than others. We have to understand ourselves and understand how much time that look, what that time looks like, how much time it is. But I can tell you, solitude comes in the morning. It can come in every one of our lives in the morning, and it should. One, one person once said, well, said, you need to overcome the battle of the sheets. You really do. I mean, the sheets are wearing you out. They're winning every morning. You need to beat the covers off of your rear end and get up and go spend some time with God. Can I just be frank with you? But many of us are hitting snooze, hitting snooze. Oh, I'm so tired. I can't, I can't, I can't get, I can't get up. Can't. Ten or fifteen minutes with the Lord in the morning can shape your whole day. Two minutes, thirty minutes, an hour. I don't know what you need. I don't, I don't know you, but God knows you, and you know you better than anybody, and you know what you need. And it may start off. I don't want to build you up and and make you feel defeated. I've never gotten up and spent time with God. I'm not a morning person. And, and the pastor said I need to spend an hour with God every morning. You get up about five days in a row and you try that and you spend zero quality time with God. And you're like, I'm not doing that anymore. You feel defeated. I don't want you to feel defeated. But I will tell you this. If you spend five minutes with God, if you just set, set everything aside. I don't mean get up and look at Snapchat, Facebook, whatever you do first thing in the morning, marketplace. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about getting up in the morning, setting everything aside. If you need to grab a cup of coffee, praise Jesus, grab you a cup of coffee, okay? And let's sit down with the Lord and just say, hey, Lord, I'm here. No agenda. I'm here. Will you speak into my life? See, the thing is, you don't have a clue what today holds. But he knows. He holds today. So we need to get before him and say, God, speak to my life. And you say, where else can I find some solitude? Well, uh, let me just tell you, I, I believe that it can be in a parking lot. I, I believe it can be at a park bench at lunch. You've you got to take time. To, you've got you to initiate that opportunity. You've got to go after it. It's not always going to come to you. I'm telling you, the world rushes in. We saw on the screen this morning, there's a whole lot of noise in this world. But we have to set ourselves apart from that noise and just say, I'm, I'm going to take a minute here. It's worth it. It's really worth it, folks to hear from the creator of the universe to take a minute and just put yourself before the Lord. I, th I think it can be just on the ride home. I think it can be when you get home. I, one of my professors in seminary told me, he said, when you get home in the afternoons, now you've dealt with a lot during that day, son. He said, when you get home in the, in the afternoons, just, just put it in park and pause and lay it before the Lord. Don't carry that junk in the house. He said, I've got a telephone pole out by my house. He said, when I get out of the truck, I take it all off of me and set it on that telephone pole and I go on in the house. He said, in the morning, I come back and I take it back and I go on. But I can't carry every bit of that in the house every day. And I don't care if you're the CEO of a company or if you're, if you're uh, serving under the CEO of a company or where you are in life, if you're retired or if you're a kid. Life happens and it rushes in and you've got to deal with it. Sometimes you've got to take it off and go be at peace and have some solitude. And have some time. Right before you go to bed at night, it's a great time to just, just shut the world down. I know it's been running all day. You've got to close it down and just get before the Lord and just say, Lord, speak. Now, I'm not negating the value, and I'm telling you this is in addition to the value of reading the Word and praying every day. But there needs to be time where you just say, Lord, I'm not talking now. I came to listen, and I'm here. I can tell you this, what's valuable in life, too, is for you to find about three times during the year 
to say, or four times during the year, to say, I'm going to take three or four hours. I'm going to take a half a day. I'm not going to work. And I'm going to schedule it on my calendar. I don't care what month it is. You pick the month that works best for you, but four times a year, quarterly, whatever, weekly, monthly, I don't know how it's going to work for you, but at least quarterly a year, you say, I'm going to take a half a day. Maybe it's a Saturday. Maybe it's a Sunday afternoon. You say, I'm going to go find a place where I can draw back away and I can be secluded from everything. Take, leave the phone, leave it all there, and just go sit down with nothing but God and say, Lord, speak. I can personally tell you that in the times that I've done that, it has been eye-opening. In, it's been refreshing. It's been amazing. The world is flying at 100 miles an hour, and I press the pause button, and I sit there, whether it's for a few minutes or whether it's for those longer periods of time, and I say, God, I need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. And it refreshes me. It does a whole lot of more things I'm going to talk about, but I just want to spend time on refreshing because I've got to ask you, do you need refreshing? I need refreshing. And I don't need that once in life. I don't need that once a, a, a year. I need that continually. So Jesus called his men. He said, come apart. One is well said, if you don't come apart, you'll come apart. You get me, church? If you don't come apart from the people that are around you, everything that's going on, all the pressures of life, if you don't come apart, you're going to come apart. And it'll be uncontrollably ugly. You're going you're to spew over everybody. But you need to come apart. So, so Jesus is inviting us to that. He's, he's calling us. He's showing how, how that can work. So solitude, solitude is, uh, with our Savior definitely brings refreshing in our life. I want to show you how solitude with our Savior can bring renewal to our relationship with Jesus. The disciples needed to be filled. They needed that cup filled. They needed to come before him. It says, and he said to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest for a while. Or rest a while. For there, are, there were many people coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. You ever been there? I didn't have time to eat today. I just been so busy, I didn't have time to eat. I mean, you've had a day like that? Been so stressed, so, so full, everything's been... I can understand if you don't eat for fasting. We've talked about that in the last few weeks. That's awesome. But if you're so busy you can't eat, can I just give us both a newsflash? We need to slow down. I like to eat for maintenance if for no other reason. Amen? Y'all were supposed to laugh. Y'all didn't get it. So heavy in here. We need to, we need to recognize the renewal. And these, these disciples had run hard. They poured out. They needed to be recharged. They needed to be renewed. They needed that to happen in their life. Jesus saw it. You're doing a great ministry. Everything's working wonderful. I can't, I, I mean, I'm just excited about all the people that are healed. I'm excited about the people that have been freed from the demon possession. I'm excited that you're sharing the good news. The gospel is, is penetrating the hearts of people just as I planned. Just as I said it would happen, it's happening, and I'm excited. But you need to come apart for just a few minutes and be renewed. You need to be filled up. You can only pour out so much, church, until you're poured into. You've you got you to be poured into. And, and, and Jesus uh, would be with them. He would renew them. We know that. Jesus would never let them go into this alone. We see in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it says this. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he said, he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. Jesus is telling us, I will never desert you. I will never forsake you. When you come apart for times of 
renewal in that relationship with me, when you want to renew that relationship, you want to join back in with me because of the business of the world, you've shut that down. You've positioned yourself before me to be renewed. Recognize I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be there with you. So I will renew you. It's a promise to us. He also says if we look in Psalm, Psalm 119, there's a a, a verse of Scripture there in verse 64 that says this. The earth is full of your loving kindness, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. I want to be full. If the earth is full of his loving kindness, I want to be full of his loving kindness. So I want to position myself where I can be filled by him, where I can experience that fullness. We also see in, in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, where it says, How may the God... Now, now may the God of hope fill you. So we got that God saying, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So God wants to fill you. He truly wants to fill you. But you've got to hit the pause button. You've got to step aside for solitude. You've got to position yourself where he can pour in to you because he wants to pour into you and we've got to take time apart from the crowd so we can focus on the renewing that the renewal of that relationship that we have before god you know there, there's power and there's excitement around about being around a crowd there, there really is i enjoy being around a crowd you you enjoy being around a crowd we we enjoyed worship this morning i hope you enjoyed worship this morning it wasn't for you it was for god i enjoyed worshiping our, our lord and savior this morning both services i love the music I love being able to sing to god doesn't matter what sunday it is or what music selection i get to sing to jesus i love doing that love doing it with you and hearing us all lift a concerted voice to the praise and glory of jesus we we get to do that that's huge and all of heaven tuned in to little old Cookville, Tennessee, at First Baptist Church, and watched us worship the King. That's pretty good stuff. I like doing it in a crowd and being a part of that, worshiping God in a crowd. But God calls us to come apart at times and seclude ourselves so we can have some solitude in our life for, for growth. I'm telling you, if you and I only get together in large groups, for worship of Jesus, we're going to miss something. If Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night is the only time that you say that I'm going to get some solitude here, man, I've got to go to church, I've got to get away, I've got to shut the world down, I've got to go get away, I've got to go spend some time with Jesus, I'm grateful you come here Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. That's awesome. There's need, there needs to be a little bit more, though, because of this. And I, I can frame it this way. I'm married. Some of you in this room are married. You at least know what a loving relationship looks like. If the only time my wife and I see each other is in a group, we're probably not going to be as close as we could be. We're definitely not going to be as close as we could be. If, if my children and I are only seen together, we only see each other in a large group setting, we're not going to be as close together. If my best friend in the world or your best friend in the world, if we only get together in a group, we're never going to get as close. So God calls us to come apart seclude, be alone, sit down, press the pause button in life, and spend some time with Him. So as we, as we see this call, we, we know that God is calling us to come apart and, and spend that time with Him. And the same, that, that's what it's all about. We need that time, that daily time of renewal, or we're going to become empty. So solitude also, not only is it 
Does it renew our relationship with God? It renews us in, 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 in what, we, what we're going to face coming up soon. It renews us so that we can face it. We're going to face something tomorrow. We're going to face something next week, next month, next year. You're going to face it. I'm going to face it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. There's going to be something that comes in our life that's going to be challenging to us. And if we've not been with Jesus, we're not going to be renewed. We're going to be empty. We're not going to be refreshed. We're not going to be ready. So solitude is about refreshing ourselves. Renewing that relationship with God. And it's also about refocusing our direction. We see in in this text that we've read this morning... If we keep reading in Mark chapter 6, they, they just were called apart to rest for they were, there were so many people coming and going, they didn't have time to eat, and they were sent to a secluded place. The next verse, verse 33, there's a pause there, and I don't know how long that pause was. I don't know if they, they paused for hours, the, the night. I don't know if it was a day or two or three. I, I don't know, but I can tell you this. They paused. And then... And then they had the largest dinner on the grounds they'd ever experienced. The church cooked, okay? Well, there was some fish and loaves. They got divided. And what did the disciples do? They served. They went to work. They had to distribute all the food to 5,000 people. You want 12 of us. Let's get together and let's distribute the food to 5,000 people. You want to be a part of that? You think we'd be tired if we fed uh, 5,000 people, 12 of us, and we cleaned up their mess? Do you think we would be tired? I mean, there are some folks in our church get tired waiting on 150, 200 of us on Wednesday night. I guarantee if we had 5,000, we'd be worn out by the time we got everybody fed, got cleaned up from the meal. My wife is tired when she gets feet through feeding us at the house. So you, you know what I'm talking about. Let's, let's put that in perspective. They had something coming next. And if they were all spent and they hadn't been refreshed, if they hadn't been renewed, they would have not been focused on what they were called to do next. And it went from that ministry to the next ministry to the next ministry to the next ministry. Work did not cease. They didn't sit in a holy huddle. They went back to work, but they understood the value of coming apart and spending time in seclusion with the Lord so that He could fill them. He could refresh them. He could renew them. And He could refocus them so that they could see more clearly. I don't know about you, but I can get so caught up in the weeds. I can, I can get so tunnel visioned and it's so right here in my face that I'm just, I'm just doing this, 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 and I miss the big picture. I miss what's really going on at times, and I have to just pause and step back and just see. It's kind of the 30,000-foot view. I need to see what's going on. If I'm going to lead the people of God the way God wants me to lead them, where He wants me to lead them, I've got to step back to be able to see that. If you're going to do what God's called you to do and be effective in your ministry that God's called you to, you've got to step back every now and then and get focused so you know where you're going and why you're going there. If not, we'll miss it. So we see that solitude uh, redirects and, and, and refocuses us and, and gets us ready for the future. And they had a whole lot of ministry going on right before them and continuing. And, and for me, solitude regains perspective in my life, and I'm sure it does in yours. It's, so we're not just overlooking all the time what God's called us to. So we need to intentionally, if I, if I just had to say one thing to you today, I'd say we need to intentionally, intentionally plan to step aside. And get some solitude with God. I'm telling you, it'll grow you. It'll grow you in your relationship. You'll, you'll spend time with Jesus. And I, it, may, it may seem really weird. For some of you A people, 
it's going to be really hard for you to step aside for a few minutes. For some of you other personality types, you can handle it. <laughs> you're okay being, if you're introverted, you can handle being alone. I'll get you. If you're extroverted, it's hard to be alone. But you've got to seclude yourself for the purpose of God refreshing you, renewing you, and refocusing your life. And every one of us need to do that with regularity. If we don't do this, we're going to miss so much in life that God's called us to. And, and we're going to run the rat race, and we're going to be burnt out and wore out and busted and disgusted and wonder why life's happening this way and is it really worth it all. But if we'll pause and meet with King Jesus, He'll fill us. He'll speak to us. He'll teach us. He'll refresh us. He'll renew us. He'll refocus us. And we'll understand why we're doing it. It's not the here and now. It's for the then and there. It has an eternal effect. I, I, I'll give up if it's just for now. But if I know it's for King Jesus and it's for the eternity, I'll go hard. Amen? So let me ask you, do you feel refreshed, renewed, and refocused? And if not, why not? Is it maybe because you're sitting here today and say, you know, all this religious stuff sounds good, but I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. And I, I can tell you, you're not going to get refreshed, renewed, and refocused if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. But we can handle that right now. Because if you'll confess that you're a sinner and, and recognize the cross was the substitution for your sin, Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God, died for you, and He afforded you the opportunity by calling you to come to Him to cleanse you, completely of your sin and give you new life. And if you'll accept that and you'll, you'll surrender your heart and your life to Jesus, He'll change you, transform you, and you'll be able to experience what it's like to be refreshed, renewed, and refocused. That's the first step, folks. The rest of you here that, that know Jesus, you've got a relationship with Him, press the pause button. If for no other time than right here in this time of invitation, and say, Lord Jesus, I need to hear from you. I've been running hard. I need to hear from you. Speak to me now. And do it with a heart willing to hear Him. And I promise you, He'll speak into your heart. You say, I didn't get it the first time, Pastor. Get it again. Try again. God speaks. God loves you. God created you. God redeemed you. God's called you. God saved you. God's going to raise you. And He's going to spend eternity with you. I promise you if, you, if you sign up to meet with him, he'll meet with you for renewal, refocus, and refreshing. Stand with me. We'll have a time of invitation. You move as God leads you. The altars are open. We're here for you. Love to pray with you, talk with you about anything that's going on in your life. This is your time, church, to respond. Jesus, we love you and thank you. Move in our hearts. Let us be faithful to respond as you've called us. And we'll give you the praise and the glory for it all. In Christ's name. Amen. You move as God leads.
if you would join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is, Lord, to come before you. Dear God, gathered as your people. Dear God, we thank you for your perfect word. We thank you for the message that we've heard from that today. Dear God, we thank you for every perfect gift we know comes from you. For the individual giftedness that you give each of us and those works that you have prepared in advance for us to be about. Dear God, help us to live full of your spirit, Lord, and hear those times when we need to press that pause button, dear God, to be filled. Dear Lord, we know the only true peace that we'll ever find this side of eternity, Lord, will be in your arms. May we find ourselves there regularly. Dear Lord, we thank you for our pastors. Thank you for this time of the calendar year that we set aside to show our appreciation to them and how they take up that high calling on their lives. Dear God, uh, pastor and shepherd your people. Dear Lord, we pray that rest for them as well. As we turn now to our giving, Lord, help us to be good stewards, not only of our time, not only of our talent, Lord, but of the treasure that you so greatly blessed us with. May we truly be joyful givers, giving of our first fruits, of our best. Help us to lean on your challenge in that, Lord, and find the peace that then flows from that. We pray that you multiply the gift and prepare the hearts of those who will be blessed by it. And all this we ask in our precious Savior's name. Amen. Executive Director of Hope Center Adoption and Family Services. Hope Center is a nonprofit um, adoption agency here in Cookville, Tennessee. We work with birth parents to place children from birth up to age three into adoptive families that uh, complete a home study process with us. And so our mission is to nurture forever families in their adoption journey through Christ-centered counseling and adoption services. It is so important for a church um, such as First Baptist to partner with us because there are just so many needs um, within our community as we have seen being an adoption agency. Um, there are needs of birth families, there are needs of adoptive families, and there are needs of children. And there are just many ways to get involved to meet these needs um, within that adoption triad. So it's important for us, obviously, to um, have the people, to have volunteers that are willing to pray, they're willing um, to obviously to give as well, to partner with us financially. Um, and there are those that, you know, we need that to be willing to go and to bring the message of adoption and just to the places where you are, you live, you work every single day. Sure, some ways that you can pray um, for us are obviously just praying for the message of Hope Center just to continue to spread through the Upper Cumberland. Um, you know, the Upper Cumberland is comprised of 14 counties, and it's our heart to reach every single county 
with the message of adoption, letting families know that adoption is available, it's accessible, um, and it's, it's affordable. And so we just desire that that message continue to go forth, and, and not just through the Upper Cumberland, but through the state of Tennessee. We want to be that resource for any family who is looking to adopt or for any family that's looking to support a family in their adoption journey. Sure, some ways that um, you can give. There, there are financial ways, of course, that you can give either monthly by becoming a monthly donor. Um, you could give online. Um, you could through our website at hopecenteradoption.com. Um, you can give of your time. You can volunteer here. We have office hours that we like to keep in which we need people here to um, answer phones or just encounter families as they come by. Um, you can also give like very tangible supplies. So oftentimes birth mothers come to us with not just you know being pregnant but already having a child with them. And so there are some pretty tangible needs that they have, such as formula, diapers, clothing, um, and we, we try to partner with the CPC to meet some of those needs, but sometimes, you know, the immediacy is to where we can't get over to the CPC to have those needs met. So we're just looking to have those supplies here and on hand and ready for uh, those birth mothers to have to be able to meet those needs. Well, here at Hope Center, we initially, we just, we had a heart to see as many people involved um, in the adoption journey as, as possible. And so we created some roles. Um, we have adoptive family mentors. We have birth family mentors. Um, and just individuals that want to be able to give of their time, um, either meeting with a birth mother, either meeting with an adoptive family, um, either coming to just a support group for a birth mother. Um, it's just, it's something where, you know, you may not be called to adopt, but the call of the gospel is to care for widows and to care for orphans. And so looking for ways just to plug in um, and just volunteer your time and be a good steward of your time in that way is something that anyone can do, be it adopting a child or be it just being a part of a child's adoption journey in that way. I would say please contact us and please know that we are ready and willing to answer any questions that you have. Uh, we definitely want to just educate our community and elevate adoption in our community. So if you feel the Lord has called you to that, please just reach out to us. We can be reached at 931-252-7159. We'd be glad to talk to you.